people just like you have taken the brave step to do this thing we call work differently. They tell their self-unlimited story to inspire and encourage you. Another story begins now. Today, it's my great pleasure to be speaking with Prateek. Welcome. Good afternoon, Helen. It's a pleasure to be here. Prateek, I'm really excited to have you speak with us today in our audience because you and I have been on a little bit of a journey and I think you have something fascinating to share about relationships and how you go about building relationships and also from the fact that your relationship and thinking about work actually has a cross-cultural aspect in that you are originally from India and now in Australia. Um, yeah, uh, but when we started off and, uh, you know, when I say about relationship, it is a very important quality uh, when it comes to self-unlimited. And, um, you know, that responsibility is, uh, in my opinion, a key aspect of any individual's work life. Indeed. Like, like for instance, um, when, when I interacted with you for the first time, it was, I believe, during a guest lecture and um, I happened to connect with you over LinkedIn. It was. I, and if I did that lecture, one of the things I often say to students, and it's a genuine, it's like, you're very welcome to reach out to me. Here's my LinkedIn details. Go for it. And it's very rare and unusual for people to do it. And you did. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I, we never thought that we would be in this position down the line after a year. Indeed. <laughs> because I, I reached out to you. Um, I believe the topic was change management and being a project manager in making, I really wanted to gain more insights on that. Yes, And um, I, I believe um, that's been a very fruitful uh, connection because um, it's not only uh, that we built over that professional aspect. Down the line, I got a chance to work with you in my final semester when I realized that you were one of the project sponsors. Mm. And um, I, I, I don't think so. I would have been uh, that comfortable selecting this project had it been somebody else. It's, okay. I, yeah, in, in my opinion, I believe... Um, over the time period, we've developed that uh, level of trust while we were interacting through LinkedIn yes. that uh, I had this comfort level yes. uh, that I knew that I wanted to share with a project sponsor while I was delivering a project in a high tense environment. Yes. So, and, and something we could probably make a point here is too, is when we're interacting through LinkedIn, it wasn't merely that you sent a LinkedIn request and left it there. There was actually dialogue that happened. Yeah, um, and that, that's one of the mistakes that a lot of graduates do. Because if I talk about LinkedIn right now, since me being a graduate and people see I've interned at multiple positions, yes. they reach out to me and they just send a connection request and that's that. I do not know why they want to connect with me. I do not know what they have to offer. Mm. So uh, most of the times I believe, and I myself have been in the position where I've ignored those small details that really matter. Yes, yes. And I make a big point, and, and I don't know if you recall that I said this actually at the lecture to the students, I'm really happy for you to reach out and connect, but you need to write me a personal message because it does really frustrate me that people just send that connection. And I'm like, who are you? We're, and it's not necessarily about you have to do something for me, but I'm trying to make a human connection with you. So give me something. Tell me something about yourself. Ah, this, this aspect, I'd say, um, you know, it's, it's a blunder happening everywhere. And the mm. reason being is we are too connected with the word networking. Right. But we do not understand, you know, even though we use it in a formal term in a work environment or over LinkedIn, networking is just, you know, a formal term for, you know, forming relationships at work. Yes, yes. Because, um, so say I, I was to interact with you and I started off that journey by just sending you a LinkedIn request. 
but now uh, i can i do discuss a lot of aspects and it's not only me interacting with you there are a lot of other individuals whom i connect to over linkedin Mm. and i just send them a connection request and i tell them what intrigued me what made me connect yeah. with them brilliant because who doesn't like to hear that i mean that really is that sense of like relationships like wow somebody was interested in me or somebody saw something about me that they thought they could connect to for me that just has so much more richness than here is a person and 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 you can accept their connection request yeah and and i believe that is very important because say i was an individual who's working in an organization you sent me a connection request i wouldn't know what i have to offer to you or i wouldn't know if i'm the right connection for you because uh, let's let's just agree linkedin is not facebook <laughs> indeed and and I, i'm just going to be as blunt on that topic because go for uh, it because i think relationships is, really need this this really uh, provocative stimulating conversation so you go for it pratik yeah and uh, it's it's like okay you've sent me a connection request but what are you looking for mm. and um if i can relate this to an experience uh, back in india when i was working as a network engineer i worked there for 3 years yes i i closely worked with project managers now anybody who's listening to this podcast anybody who's worked even for 6 months would realize when you're working in an environment in a professional environment yes you would uh, and there is an additional task you need to do probably you just ask your manager and shoot a formal email to the person asking you for a favor that could you send this in an email yes but when i'm actually working closely with someone and i happen to form a good rapport a good trust relationship with them yes i wouldn't mind getting on a 2 minute call with them and helping them out mm. and that's what we used to do because when i'm working with a project manager they just wanted to know the status of the task yes this doesn't require three emails to go back and forth it can be done on a 2 minute call that mm. hey this is the real time scenario i would need additional 3 days to accomplish this task and can we renegotiate with the end customer Yes, but if you play that game over the emails, it's going to take a longer understanding time. It's probably going to lead to a few more escalations, which can be purely avoided when you know you form a trust relationship. Yeah, because it's not just about the fact that it's emails. It's about there's something much more kind of human and real in that we're having a conversation. I get to hear the tone of your voice. You know, maybe there's some energy that comes through as well in terms of you know being enthusiastic or or you you might even be able to hear where they they're sounding like they're not necessarily having a good day. So you can do the kind of transactional conversation maybe about that d- deadline, but it's also an opportunity to say how are you going and you know um, have a good day or something else. that really really for me gets into the human part not just the work part no uh, definitely and uh, it's it's because i believe when you are connecting in person or when you are showing the respect and the trust there is a empathetic view to it mm. that comes into play and which is very important because everybody in today's generation is just too busy mm. so when we are trying to help someone it is just depending on the type of relationship you have with that person and now, i think too, you get that feel from a person where they're like yeah i think i'm kind of picking up a read where they would help me and if i did ask them for something they'd probably be open to it whereas you know with email it's so kind of impersonal and sterile you have no kind of read on you know is this person who'd respond to something or if i could ask them a question or would they think i was stupid you just don't have that richness yeah and that's the point i believe is um, since i am a recent graduate most of the graduates would face this question because mm. say we want to connect with a talent acquisition manager of an organization that yes. we would want to work with or any other individual 
we at the first stage are hesitant to connect with them what would mm-hmm. be the best place to open a dialogue yes most 75% or something of the graduates would actually just send a connection request and just get done with it and mm-hmm. follow them on linkedin yes. but hey uh, if a position is there and a person is on that level where he is the talent he or she is the talent acquisition manager he wouldn't even see that who's connecting with me unless mm-hmm. until there is a requirement Mm. So you need to probe them. You need to connect with them and you need to probe them. I was looking, probably shoot them a message that I, you know, this is the organization. I have been following you guys for quite some time. I am interested in this culture or this aspect of your organization. Yes. And um, could you tell me what else are the opportunities that you could potentially have? Mm. That is the best way to open a dialogue. And then over a period of time, say on a bi-weekly basis or even on a monthly basis, you could just reach out to them. Hey, um, I like this post or you posted this job opening could you tell me a bit more about it yeah there's quite an emotional component there because in some ways who doesn't like to hear that their work is liked or that the posts that they put up had some meaning and were connected with somebody and and in my experience because i get lots of these connection requests if nobody does anything beyond just you know hitting the connect i really have no sense of who they are so that's one aspect but you know one of the things about you and the journey is that if you go that extra mile boy do you stand out from the rest of the crowd you you do i i i i actually have seen this difference so um the company that i interned at i'm still in touch with most of the employees yes so um even though my joining would be at a later stage yes but they do keep in touch with me they do ask me if i'm doing well they do tell me how am i surviving during this covid times if oh, i need any assistance Wonderful. and and that's the beauty of it when you uh, you know maintain relationships maintain yes. connections because you know when you enter that organization you are not dumbfounded you yes. already know people who you can reach out to if you need assistance you already know individuals who would go beyond that one step to help you understand the aspects of the organization it's it's building reputation because then you put you know and i heard you say that a few times like you know who to go to to ask certain questions you know how people react and it's not just you you know in terms of the functional knowing about those organizations you're starting to build a reputation and i already know from you and different um aspects of how we've engaged you'll often say is there anything i can do to help whoa that's amazing and it might seem like a small thing and a natural thing for you to do but i think many people could offer to help in some ways and i often wonder whether they don't because they think oh i've got nothing to offer nobody would want help from me and i think something about that generosity of spirit of maybe i can do something let me put an offer on the table can actually make quite a difference in people's perception of well what kind of relationship might we have yeah i i couldn't agree more uh, because um when when we say about a relationship there has to be a value exchange in my opinion mm-hmm. and um it's all about say i'm connected with an individual or or linkedin or even yes. in my organization um we need to be mindful of why are we connecting with them mm. because some people just tend to send a request or just connect with someone because they think they would help them in career advancement yes but that is not how any relationship work you know just just uh, connect a relationship that term to your personal life if you yes. need to have a meaningful relationship it's a two way street indeed yeah if, if i'm asking it from you, you you're getting it from me that's that's the golden rule of a relationship mm. what most people forget is that is precisely the case when you come to your work life as well yes because yes. Uh, i when i'm connecting with someone uh, even if they are an individual who is uh, senior to me in the organizations 
I, I would need to map out why do I need to connect with them? Is it a project that I'll be working with them in the future? Is it someone whom I like what they're working on? Yes. Do they know a particular tool that I might be interested to learn? So any, anything, and it can be ranging from anything, from a person who you look up to as a mentor yes. or any aspects. Even but peers. Same, yeah, exactly. Somebody of your age or even younger to you. Mm. Probably because I've seen uh, in an organization where I've worked, but the individuals or graduates who are younger than me have excellent Excel skills. Yes. I learned a lot with them. I st I'm still in touch with them. Great. But then that's a two-way street because then what I could tell them is, how do you build your resume? How do you connect with more people? Mm. So what value, what, what am I giving them in return? Because we live in a very transactional world. Yes. It's brutal, but it is, it is the fact. You are forming relationships. That is the essence of mm. any workscape of your life. But when you're doing that, you need to be mindful of two things. What am I getting? And what, and most importantly, what can I give? Yes. I think some people listening might think, but isn't that you're just talking about a transaction there, Prateek? And what for you makes it more than a transaction in terms of what you were just talking about, like the value exchange? Yes. The reason what makes it more than a transaction is you work towards maintaining it. Right. So what am I going to do is like uh, any, any, you take any example. If I am, if it's between like, how am I forming a relationship right now with you over the period of like one and a half year? Yes. We started off with just connecting over LinkedIn. Yes. Then we happened to work on a project where you were the project sponsor and I was working as the uh, potential project manager for delivery as my industry yes. project. Yes. We never knew we would be at this stage where um, I would want to, I would be that interested, that inclined towards the self-unlimited teaching that I would want to enroll as an ambassador as well. Yeah. And it was my pleasure to invite you. And one of the things that was in my mind about when I choose people who are ambassadors is that they, I see something in them where they are, have a generous spirit. They want to help others. They're prepared to start a conversation. And I get for some people, like, oh, I don't know if I've got enough confidence to do that. And if you're listening to this podcast thinking, wow, it sounds like Prateek and Helen, they've always had this confidence. And I don't know about you, Prateek, but I wasn't born this way. This took many different steps over time and trying different things. I do remember at one point thinking, oh, I could never go up to somebody in my organization I didn't know. And, and even just introduce myself, that just had me so full of fear. So I'm curious for you, were you born this way? Or is there some things you've learned along the way that have helped you? Uh, definitely not. Believe it or not, anybody who's listening, I was an introvert. Right. I couldn't really connect with anyone if they didn't make the first step. But over a period of time, I learned that there are times that when you need to take the first step, mm -hmm. you're always going to be scared. And um, take my example. I come from India. So when I, you know, moved to Australia, it was a huge cultural difference for me. Right. Because um, there might be some things that you find too bold in the Asian culture that might not be too direct when, you know, it applies to an Australian context. Right. And uh, back in India, we couldn't really um, connect that well when there were skip level conversations where mm -hmm. I'm speaking to someone who's way above my manager. Right. Here, when I, when I worked in an environment, I could speak to the director and it could be over a coffee. So how did you discover that there was an opportunity to be different and how was it for you to kind of go against your cultural background? Uh, you, you cannot go against it at first. It needs to be built over a period of time and it yes. always starts with your peers. Right. So probably you start engaging with someone who belongs to this cultural background. Yes. You open a dialogue with them. And the most important thing that anyone needs to do is you need to understand the culture. Mm -hmm. Because no matter how 
beautiful you are or how amazing you are at opening a dialogue you, you need to understand the background from which the other entity is coming from so what was for you the ways that you would find out about that culture um the basic aspect that i do is i research online mm-hmm. apart from that uh, my mates at the university open a dialogue with them try to understand okay so back in india this is how things used to work yes how do you do it but subconsciously if you see i am forming a relationship with them let that relationship be friendship mm. but i can learn a lot from that aspect of relationship and now i know now i'm well versed with what it is in the australian yeah. context that i need to do and i'm well equipped when i apply or when i sit in an interview in front of an organization i think I need, something I, i could take from your story there too is you need to kind of roll up your sleeves and get in and and so yeah. that's the great tip in terms of doing it with your peers it might first of all be too much of a stretch for somebody who's your manager or higher up but you can do it with peers and people where that power dynamics difference because sometimes it's the simple the, the choice of a word or how many words are in something so i know something that i've noticed and i i taught english in a japanese high school so i have a bit of an appreciation of what the asian perspectives like but when um often people from for whom english is a first language and and they come from maybe asian backgrounds they tend to make long what i'd say flowery sentences there's lots and lots of words in there because it's showing respect and interest and things like that which i can get and see but in an australian or slash new zealand business context it's it gives the wrong vibe it 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 almost has this kind of patronizing tone or quality to it or a um uh a um a, a subversive uh, not subversive submissive kind of tone and so just adjusting that it you've really just got to jump in and try and then yeah. learn from the mistakes yep definitely and and, and uh, i wouldn't say that i knew everything on day 1 because i have been that person that you just described on yes. my initial days and um, over the period of time i just realized that all you need to do is do is be more direct mm. you but it takes time you got to try yeah. it don't you and then you find yeah. out depending on somebody's reaction and depending i think even being in a good loop one of the things that you and i had we had that relationship where when yeah. i was acting as project sponsor and you were a project manager on the team we were both doing uh two levels there was a cross cultural yes. level but there was also the difference between what it was between these two roles of project sponsor and project manager definitely and and that's why um i am a huge advocate when it comes to self unlimited responsibility of relationship mm-hmm. because uh, as we just discussed you need to be direct but hey anybody who's listening to this will agree you cannot be direct on day one well and also maybe not direct in everything yeah. so maybe the the thing is is to lead and part of yeah. the leading i think can be what can i contribute so feeling confident i have something to contribute so let me have a think about what that is but also then think in what context am i in if it's not appropriate to be direct that doesn't mean oh i can't do it at all it's to be then creative and think well what is a way that would be appropriate and maybe i can talk to somebody a peer to get some advice on what i should do because you know i could either take the big risk and try something and have it blow up in my face yes. or it could be actually this might be an opportunity to learn something so when then what's the smallest step i could take that might have the smallest risk and taking that approach to build the relationships it's not like you're going on dates we get that <laughs> there is an almost an element a, a courtship type quality it's like you got to try something or offer something or be interesting for the relationship to make progress i i couldn't agree more because um when you're working especially you know in an organization 
where you tend to look yourself down the line even after 5 years mm. you would want to have a strong relationship with not only your peers but yes. your seniors as well mm. and it is an important quality because that helps them view you as a potential candidate yes and and this this is and let's not talk only at an employee level say let's go at an employer level say somebody is to employ me and yes. i have a job offer but if they do not form a relationship with me they do not communicate with me on a you know frequent level and maintain that relationship that hey we know you've enrolled mm-hmm. and you might be starting down the line after a few months but this is what is the plan that we are looking at this is where you'll be i i would be lost anyone mm-hmm. would be lost mm-hmm. so it, this goes at different levels in an organization it yes. can be you discussing with your peer it can be you working in an organization um speaking with your manager or your mentor it can be the organization communicating with you what do they want and what yes. do you have to offer and something i would add here is you mentioned it was about you know might be a candidate for a job that's kind of you know one of those big ticket items sometimes it might just be i have the opportunity as a senior person to offer somebody a particular training maybe that's more expensive or priced or maybe there's a uh, a project team being formed of something and i'm looking for people who might be uh who could take a lead in playing a role on that project team so it's not necessarily a job or a role it might be a smaller opportunity but i know having worked in manager you tend to look around and go for the people that you know so there's a kind of an intention quality there like who st- who who stays in my mind currently but then beyond that there's like and why have they stayed in my mind oh because i'm feeling some attachment to them and that attachment came from relationship yeah and and, and that that attachment is nothing but trust because say uh, why do why do organizations nowadays have a referral program mm. because they would want their employees whom they trust to refer someone yes who could represent them for example them. yeah so if if i if i work in an organization and um, xyz is my mate he's been my mate for a longer time yes and i know that is a position that he would fit well in the organization has a benefit of getting a better candidate not mm. only an org fit but a job fit candidate as well yes without an expense of giving any uh, you know funds to a recruitment firm yes it ha- all happens in house yes. and that is that is the basis subconsciously we are working on a relationship foundation basis right now yes. but we do not realize it we do not talk about it so what you're describing there is social proof we do tend to look and think if somebody i know and like and trust thinks highly about something i might be more likely to be involved or get involved or even be persuaded by it because of the social proof provided by that relationship definitely and one of the proofs is right now my position at monash yes. as a project sponsor if my faculty if the director wouldn't had had that impression i wouldn't have maintained that trust and relationship over the period of years that we can do xyz to improve mm. or we need to do this they wouldn't have even considered me as a potential candidate to deliver yes right now as soon as i graduated i had a position where they reached out to me of being a potential project sponsor and i'm working closely with them i wouldn't have thought when i enrolled to the course on day 1 that i would be working alongside them as a project sponsor and i think it's good delivery. to call out here that you had the value in terms of it might just be like you know well i know that person and i could call upon them 
but because of the different dialogue, different opportunities have presented themselves and those opportunities have become richer in that you've already mentioned a couple of times, you learned something from that person. So, you know, you gained something from a learning point of view, then maybe you've got a story. Now you've got a, and, and as you and I do have, we have a great story to share about how we worked together. And in fact, you were able to get a recommendation from me, which I was delighted to give you in terms of the work that you did, because I had the basis of thinking, well, I know how to form an opinion on critique and it's not a false one it, um, it like just oh well I just made it up it's like no 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 I genuinely know him and worked with him and so all of these things like that story that recommendation that opportunity all came from the basis of relationship definitely like um, to anyone listening to this say take an example um, you met a person in your first semester and down the line after your year of your course you asked them for a recommendation that person would just go like Hey, I don't even know you. We haven't interacted. Mm. How do I give you my seal of approval? Yeah. Because say it turns out to be wrong of what they said, you are representing them in, a, in, a, in an ill manner. Yes. So nobody would take that risk right now. And that's why that's the reason why I believe that, you know, this message reaching out to an audience is very important. Mm. Why? And the basis of me saying and repeating it again and again is we need to look at relationships as important in workplace as we look at them on a personal level. Yeah, and then perceive the interaction and the quality of the interaction. And I think that's something we've been saying here with LinkedIn. It's not just you made a connection. And I think, you know, the fact that it has that little box that says connect, part of me thinks just because you push that box that said connect doesn't mean we made a connection or that's a technological connection. I'm looking for a human connection. Exactly. And, you know, uh, one of the most important aspects that I, I personally faced was um, there could be an individual whom I um, sent a connection request and I connected over LinkedIn. And um, down the line, I realized that I did not have much to offer at that stage. Mm. But that's just not it. Because down the line, when you grow, when you are in an organization as well, the timeline changes. And so does your growth. Mm. And there could always come a time when you could open a dialogue down the line and contribute in a value exchange. Yes, yes. For me, when I think about the who, who I would make a connection with, and I know we're focusing a lot on LinkedIn, but I think it's quite common for people of the place where workplace connections happen. But one of the things that's on my mind when I'm thinking about making a connection is, in the future, could I reach out to this person and ask help from them? And that help might just look like, hey, I've got a survey. Would you, you know, contribute something to the survey? Or my mate has got a survey. Could I invite you to be part of it? And so it's, it, I have to have a level of comfort that I could reach out to that person and feel they weren't going to be upset, they weren't going to reject me, but there's enough of it. And it's what's often called a weak tie. So it doesn't have to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to hire you or I'm going to loan you money. That's a very strong tie yeah. between people. But you can actually form weak ties with just a few interactions that still can have value and potentially be something picked up, as you said, down the line and become a much stronger tie. Definitely. And um, let's, let's take an example of what's going on right now, like yes. COVID-19. And uh, like you and I would both know a few people who've lost their jobs. Mm. Now, when that happens, whom do you turn out to? Do you turn out to your networks or, your, or people whom you have actual relationships with and whom you trust to guide you? Yes. And, and that, that's a fact because um, say you reach out to a network whom you've just sent a connection request, they might entertain you, they might not. Yes. 
if they perceive value. But if it's a person whom you formed a relationship with, uh, a professional relationship with over a period of years and they know you, they trust you, they would be more susceptible to help you. Yes. And I think, you know, you make a really good point about we're in a time of the pandemic and COVID. Sometimes the relationship support you need is just, can somebody encourage me? Can somebody tell me I'm okay? Can somebody check whether I'm okay? Or maybe they'll just inspire me. And so that is still got value to somebody. Can you offer encouragement? Can you offer inspiration? Can you receive or can you ask for inspiration or encouragement? Yeah, and, and if, if I was to relate it to myself, um, like my job starts after a while. I still have to wait a few months. Yes. So I have this mate whom I was discussing it with and he goes like, hey, right now you should be proud of it because most of the companies aren't even hiring. Mm. And that's, that's, that's a fact. And he, he gave me an example where he used to work five days a week and now he's just working three. Right. So, you know, when you have that empathy and you exchange thoughts that yes. we all are in the same boat and we all can help each other out or we do understand where you are at. So if that simple exchange also helps you go a long way. Mm. You feel a bit better. You feel motivated. Okay, I'm not yeah. the only one. The rest of the world here is with me. If not, at least my mates whom I know closely are in the same boat and we can help each other out. One thing I think that's particularly unique about your story, you mentioned that there is a job opportunity waiting for you. Some people might go, well, why bother building relationships? Because relationships and networking, and I'm doing air quotes here, is about finding a job. You've already found a job. What, what are you doing any of this networking and relationship for? So let me put the question to you, Pratik. Why <laughs> yeah, uh... are you still building relationships? <laughs> Um, I, I have a two-part answer to this question. Yes. The first thing would be my personality. I would never put um, two eggs in one basket. Right. Like, I would need to have an opportunity where I, it's just not a single point of failure. Yes. And your learning, your growth never stops. Yes. Right now, where we are at, around six to seven months ago, none of us would have thought. Mm. People would have been stable, had stable jobs, have lost their jobs. Yes. So you can never ever rely on one opportunity. Now the second most important aspect of forming relationships with is you always, you can always learn. Mm. There might be a particular tool that I might be potentially working on. And I see a colleague or I see a network on, you know, any of the platform, let it be my social Instagram platform as well. Yes. Who's posted a story and I see, Oh, he's working on the same and I have a doubt and I can connect with them because I have done that. Like, Yes. Let's keep LinkedIn aside. Let's talk about Instagram because that's yes. the most trending tool that people of my generation are using. Yes. And social media marketers are using that as well. So LinkedIn quotes, let it be motivational quotes. Let it be people who are posting stories about how their work environment is. Yes. How they build up their home, home setup to you know, support them working yes. from home. Such small things also mm. form relationships. It might just be a small thing when yes. you look at a person, hey, you have a nice office set up at your home. Could you tell me what did you do to get it? Mm. Or even and, just and, looking at that office, say that, oh, I didn't realize you had such a creative personality. It, it can be anything. And that's, that's what is the most intriguing, intriguing part about forming relationships. You do not know what you do not know yes. unless you make and take the step to approach that person. Mm. Indeed. This is, this is very important, especially right now. Because you need to stand out as a graduate if, to any fellow graduates or to anyone who's between jobs listening to this podcast right yes. now. I would say that you need to 
take that extra step just having a fancy resume just having a fancy profile is not it mm. it not going to get you through if it does i'm very proud of you but you need to take that additional step where you reach out to people you connect to them on a personal level yes and you tell them your story because in the end you are telling them who you are and why would you be a potential candidate for their organization what also too based on a relationship listen to their story maybe the first thing is actually to inquire and understand their story and at a point of understanding them then you get to think oh i actually had a couple of stories i could have told but now that i understand that that's important to you then i can find a point of connection to share a story that's more relevant that gives us a stronger point of connection you need to you need to and um if i was to again connect it with myself um a few days ago one of my mates asked me if i was still looking for a job yes i'm like yes for the time being when i am at home before yes. my actual job offer starts i am now they happened to uh, open a dialogue with me to refer me to an organization yes but that had a one year contract right now just because i had a good relationship with them i was very blunt and i was open and true to them mm. that hey i would enter the organization at your goodwill they yes. really like my profile but then i would hate to do that to you because what if i leave the organization before the one year contract right that reflects poorly on you and that is an important aspect that we need to consider and i wouldn't have been in that stage if i wouldn't have taken the opportunity to hear their side of the story mm indeed and what that says something too that you understand in relationship that there's you know things like honesty are actually important you do not maintain relationships if you have lied or deceived people so the who you are and how you show up actually helps with the longevity of a relationship yes because if 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 you resort to you know lying or you just you know half truth between any relationship i just say it's just a connection mm-hmm. or it's a temporary link yes we wouldn't say it is a relationship indeed when when you use a heavy word like relationship you always need to remember the golden line that it's always going to be a two way street indeed and you need to work towards maintaining it so you gave us a good tip there for, for um, before for undergraduates do you have maybe two more pieces of advice that as we're wrapping up that you could suggest to people about how they could lean into and and take responsibility for the relationships in their workscape um if i was to give and advice at the top of my head i would say the first thing is do not hesitate when you're reaching out to people or do not hesitate even if it's an individual whom you've never interacted with if it is something that you know intrigued you or you liked mm. tell them about it because yeah. i don't think so anybody hates hearing about what people like about them indeed i totally agree with that yeah and it, and it's an icebreaker it's an yeah. icebreaker where they'll be like okay this might be a small gesture that i did on linkedin or a small post but i could connect with someone yeah. and that opens up a dialogue and second thing is do not forget your networks your connections who helped you get there yeah it's yeah. just not um probably you have a network they referred you to your job now you're at their job and you've made new networks so you forget the old ones yeah. never do that because that is not how professional courtesy works yes you need to be in constant touch there is an aspect of gratitude that you always need to display yes totally agree with that one that is how you maintain a relationship yeah. you always go back to them probably you help grow that relationship they might have just referred you to the organization but now when you're working in that particular organization you might want to reach out to them to what is my growth path what is my career look like what what mm. is my journey going to be in this organization you could look up to them as a mentor 
I think you make a great point there about continuing that active nature in the relationships. I know there's sometimes a few people have said to me, oh, if I suddenly get active on LinkedIn, and it's not even necessarily um, about maybe posting something. It's not about getting recommendations, but just being active. But people are going to know I'm looking for a job. And I'm like, really? Oh, so you don't think you can be active and be building relationships between jobs or while you're in a job? You think that's only what happens when you're looking for a job? Yeah, and, and and that's that's the stereotype that people think is there, but that's not the case. Yeah. And um, if if I was to conclude on one of the points, yes. Um, there there is a dilemma where people um do not realize that you can outgrow a relationship and form a new one. Hmm. So yeah. say I look up to an individual who is my mentor right now. Yes. But now there can be a stage where I have outgrown that mentor mentee relationship, and now it becomes a peer relationship. Yes. So. It can evolve. Yeah, so, it's a good point. Yeah, and that's it's never a case where you know you cannot evolve a relationship. And I might just relate it to a personal relationship that everybody might have a relationship with your family, your parents. Yes. You might be like I'm. I'm 26 right now. There are certain aspects that I've outgrown mm. that I wouldn't need to ask permission for. Indeed. But that relationship has evolved and evolved over a period of time. Yes. And that's the same thing. So probably you've outgrown the mentor mentee relationship. Yeah. But now you need to go back and think, is there maybe someone I could mentor? Mm. So that yeah. I fill that void in my life? Yeah. Is that is there something that I could fill in for someone else? Like how I was helped. So yes. you always need to go back to your basics, always need to go back to where you began to your roots and reevaluate where you're at. And I guess that's the beauty of forming relationships because it helps you keep and it helps and keeps you grounded. Yeah. That's a wonderful point to end on. Pratik, this has been an amazing conversation. And for those of you who are listening, it's probably really evident to you why I invited Pratik to become a self-unlimited ambassador. So Pratik, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you, Helen. It was an amazing opportunity for me. And uh, I look forward to uh, people listening to it and taking something away from it. Workscapes are changing everywhere. For more goodness to change your workscape, visit www.beselfunlimited.com and follow us on Twitter at Be Self Unlimited.